Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to the first annual Halloween special from The Warning Woods. This is part four of a five-part story that will arrive at its haunting conclusion on October 31st, Halloween. If you missed any of the previous parts, be sure to go back and listen to those before this episode, and subscribe to The Warning Woods on YouTube or your podcast platform so you don't miss any parts of this story or any of the other stories released weekly. If you enjoy the story, please consider writing a review to help spread the podcast to more listeners. Thank you, and enjoy part four of the Halloween special. The blood sample the police collected from my shirt came back with my own DNA, as I knew it would. With nothing but circumstantial evidence to hold us, they were forced to let us go after just a few hours. I could tell Detective Aldinger was frustrated by my release, but what could I say? He had the wrong man. From the sound of Ellie's story, the culprit he was searching for was really no man at all. We were exhausted. Ellie was still wearing her pajamas and my bloody shirt had a significant portion cut from it for the blood sample. But we stopped at an overnight convenience store anyway. The clerk barely looked our way. I remember wondering what sort of delinquent chaos that poor man had witnessed for our appearance not to warrant at least a second glance. After purchasing two black coffees and two of those canned triple espresso drinks, Ellie and I drove back to my house. My home, the crime scene. Police tape had been put up around the perimeter and crisscrossed on the shattered window. I expected Ellie to cry again but she sat in the passenger seat of my car as pale and emotionless as a ghost. I just can't believe this is happening, she said. Neither could I, but it was happening. The proof was right in front of us, right at the end of the yellow beams from my headlights. I wanted to say something comforting, but then Detective Aldinger's voice replayed in my brain. Your ex-wife. Yes, sir, my ex. That she was. The fear and grief had temporarily brought us together, but I couldn't allow my feelings to overcome me. If, no, when, we got Claire back, Ellie would return to her shabby apartment and leave Claire and I wishing we could be family again. I shut off the car and made the first move to get out. When I wasn't looking, Ellie reached over and placed her left hand over my right. She squeezed a little and said, Be careful, Kevin. He stays close to me. Whenever you're around me, you need to be very careful. I sucked in my resolve and stepped out of the car. Ellie did the same. We paused together in front of Claire's chalk drawing. Ellie crouched and ran her finger along the outline of our daughter's face. When she stood, she almost wiped her fingertip on her pajama top, but hesitated. She stared at the tip of her finger as if the colored dust was actually a part of our daughter. A piece she couldn't just wipe away. Ready? I asked. She responded with a brief, embarrassed smile and a nod. I stepped over the police tape, and she slipped under it. 
We crunched half-frozen grass as we crossed the yard. The shattered window seemed to be pulling us in. I felt as if it might swallow us. Ellie stopped suddenly and put a hand on my chest to stop me, too. Something crunched the grass behind us. A footstep. I turned to see who was following us, but no one was there. Ellie's eyes were shut so tight they were pulling the rest of her face up toward them. She was shivering, and not because of the cool night air. He's... he's here, she muttered. An uncontainable rage burned in my chest at this announcement. Oh, I yelled into the night, he's here, is he? Mr. Wrinkles, is that you? Ellie clawed at my shirt and hugged my arm. Don't do that, don't antagonize him. I ignored her. Where's my daughter, you creep? What did you do to her? A tinkling sound of glass made me spin around on the spot. A few loose shards must have fallen from the window. Daddy! I stood dumbfounded at the sound of her voice. I think Ellie screamed, but everything seemed muffled and dull in that moment. It had been Claire's voice, of that I was sure, but it sounded distant. It sounded like she was at the opposite end of a long tunnel and playing with the echo. Claire? I stammered. <laughs> a new voice echoed down the tunnel with a horrible laugh. Claire's bedroom didn't seem to be on the other side of that window anymore. The window was the entrance to the void, an endless abyss. The pillowy shroud around me vanished, and this time I definitely heard Ellie scream, No! Oh God, no! She ran through the front door. I followed Ellie into my ransacked home. The police had certainly done a thorough job and left me with the job of cleaning up. Of course, in that moment, I barely noticed the mess. I was chasing Ellie down the hall. The hallways seemed to morph and stretch. The door to Claire's bedroom was like a star flying away from us at light speed. I guess that was the time-slowing effect of adrenaline. After a brief eternity of running, everything snapped back in place like a rubber band. I collided with Ellie when she stopped in front of Claire's door. We paused to listen. For what, I do not know. The only sound I heard was my own blood pumping through my head. But bum but bum but bum I placed a hand on Ellie's back and felt her heart beating at an even quicker pace. Is he in there? I whispered in her ear. She shrugged and shook her head to say she didn't know. I knew how to find out. Open the door, Kevin. Just open the door. The simple task of turning the knob was inexplicably daunting. Was I more afraid of seeing Mr. Wrinkles or of not seeing Claire? Or the worst possibility by my calculation, seeing them both. I feared I would see both Claire and Mr. Wrinkles at the end of that long, echoey tunnel from which I had just heard my daughter call Daddy just a minute before. I feared I would see them, but have no chance of reaching them. As if to reassure me, Ellie put her hand over mine on the doorknob. Together, we turned it. You can support The Warning Woods by clicking the Anchor Support link in the description or by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. Of course, the best way to help is by writing a review and following this podcast in Apple Podcasts or subscribing on your favorite podcast app. 
Thank you for listening. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.